Hello friends and welcome back to the airport, your weekly stop for all the latest goings on with the British royal family. I'm of course your host, Omid Scobie, sitting alone this week because our dear Maggie Rooley uh, has a hard task of being in Croatia this week. If you've been watching GMA, you will have seen her news appearances, of course, living her best life, no doubt, behind the scenes. Um, I'm not jealous one bit. Uh, but of course, I am here. I have the news. We have a lot to go through this week and I will get the elephant out of the room. We will be talking about a certain book later in the episode and I actually have an extract from it uh, that I would like to read to you myself. But before we get to that, the British royal family have been very busy this week. Of course, Prince William saw the climax of his Heads Up campaign, that is the mental health project, uh, bringing mental health awareness to men and football fans, or soccer fans, I should say, across the UK and around the world. We also saw the Duchess of Cornwall, Camilla, on her first engagement in a mask. It's the first time we've seen a member of the royal family uh, on an official duty wearing a mask. We, of course, saw Harry and Meghan wearing masks earlier this year on private voluntary work. And, of course, we also have news from Prince Harry, who brought uh, news of his travellist, sustainable travel and tourism initiative uh, to the masses for a virtual summit online this week with not one but two appearances from the Duke of Sussex himself. But, of course... Before we get to that, I want to acknowledge uh, Princess Anne. It's her 70th birthday on August the 15th. Uh, a great milestone and one, of course, that's being celebrated in a format that we often see with senior members of the royal family, a television documentary. Uh, that's right. And the Princess Royal at 70 aired this week in the UK and it gave us a chance to see uh, a slightly more personal side to the somewhat mysterious princess. We sort of, of course see her very busy at work regularly. She is well known to be one of the hardest working members of the royal family when it comes to knocking those engagements out. Her numbers are usually the highest every year for the amount of official engagements that she carries out, uh, many of which don't happen in front of the press. Uh, the documentary gave us a chance to see her relationship, not just with her children, uh, but also with her husband, and of course with her mother, the Queen. There was quite a funny moment uh, where we got to see the two of them using Zoom together for official engagement. It's Tom here. I'm, yes. I'm uh, just going to introduce Her Majesty the Queen. But country broadband isn't. These aren't your average conference calls either. Uh, good morning, uh, at Windsor. Good morning. I'm very glad to have been able to join you. Can you see everybody? You should have six people on your screen. Yes, well, I can see four anyway. OK, very well. Actually, you don't need me. You know what I look like. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Someone else that we're very used to seeing through the lens of a webcam at the moment, or during these times anyway, is Prince Harry, who headed up a virtual summit for his Sustainable Tourism Initiative Travelist this week. Uh, it was during this, or the opening of this online travel conference, that he told participants that we all have a role to play in ensuring that that sector can build back better. He went on to say that creating authentic travel experiences will protect communities 
and the environment. He spoke twice during this virtual summit, once to uh, those in the sort of Asia Pacific region, and then also over here in Europe and across the Middle East and of course the UK. Uh, this was his first appearance in a couple of weeks on webcam. But I think what's really interesting is to see the shift in the travelists focus. Of course, we saw him announced this initiative well over a year ago and has remained committed and focused to that project ever since. But of course, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we have seen tourism come to a complete halt. Um, but one of the purposes of Travelist is ensuring that communities long and always do benefit from tourism. And I think as we move back to a world in which we do travel again, I already see lots of people going away. Um, in fact, Maggie herself, the reason she's not here this week is because Americans are welcome to travel to Croatia. And there has been an influx of American tourists uh, visiting there during this time. And it's during these times specifically that Harry says that the world requires a responsibility we cannot avoid or dismiss for us to reshape this industry in a way that benefits everyone and everything for decades to come. Now, Travelist was born because Harry, during his visits to Botswana, could see that not enough of the tourism and travel industry was going back to the communities. Whilst that sector continued to grow and grow and grow, the communities themselves uh, were sort of somewhat stagnant in their own growth. And I think in a, an initiative like Travelist, ensuring that all parties benefit from tourism, we know that it can have a real impact, uh, positive and negative, on areas of particularly high traffic tourism. And this was a really interesting opportunity to hear Harry speaking about something that he's so passionate about uh, and also dealing with some rather unique circumstances. Uh, I can't talk about this story without pointing out that not only did he uh, head up this summit at around midnight his time in LA so as many participants could join as possible, there was also a part two at around 8am UK time. Um, and it was in the middle of that, at approximately 4.29am, an earthquake struck LA, uh, magnitude 4.2 earthquake, uh, felt strongly by many. We saw many celebrities talking out about it uh, on social media, and it would have no doubt been felt by the Sussexes. So I'm sure some sleep was much deserved for the Duke after that. Um, I'm going to play a little clip from his segment now so you can hear a bit more from the man himself. Travelist wants to help and we are here to help, not just now, but in the long term as well. And this is what today is all about. To listen, learn and hear directly from you, a group of inspiring leaders that are responding to the crisis of COVID-19 whilst making every effort to maintain and even accelerate the high standards of sustainability that you were pioneering before the pandemic. You're being part of this recovery and doing everything that you can to help communities around the world bounce back is not a shift in mission or a shift in values. This is your mission. These are your values. Um, and I know it's not easy, but we all commend you. Now, the Duchess of Cornwall became another one of the members of the royal family wearing a mask for royal engagement. We've started to see this uh, more and more as the time goes by. We first saw the Sussexes on private voluntary work earlier this year in LA wearing masks on a few occasions, actually. We saw Prince William wearing a face covering during his visit to Oxford vaccine groups 
headquarters in Oxford, of course, uh, where he uh, learned more about uh, the vaccine work being done to fight COVID-19. And now we saw the Duchess of Cornwall this week wearing a particularly fetching face mask for a visit to the National Portrait Gallery. It was the first time that we saw Camilla wearing the face covering. And uh, from reports I can see here, and I have to refer to these because I'm not probably the most fashion forward when it comes to masks. I've been wearing the same uh, black uh, black or medical masks uh, for the past few months. Uh, it was a $50 uh, Liberty Prince face mask, uh, which of course matched perfectly with her dress. There are photos up on the GMA website if you want to go and check those out. Uh, apparently it was the mask was actually a birthday gift from a friend. Um, and these masks are quite special because the money, or I think most of the money from it, is actually donated to the literary or a literacy trust called My Dear New Friend, um, which is a new movement that encourages children and adults to use the power of letter writing to build new friendships and also help members of the community support each other, uh, particularly at this difficult time. Now, of course, Camilla was visiting the National Port Portrait Gallery, which is reopened for business here in London. It's one of the many tourist attractions that is now welcoming people back through its doors, albeit socially distanced and very safe. Um, after this appearance, Camilla also headed over to the drugstore here in London called Boots. Uh, it's one of our main chains of drugstore here in the UK. The headquarters is just around the corner from the National Portrait Gallery, and it was a chance for her to meet those that were working throughout the pandemic. They kept their doors open throughout the entire thing. And uh, I think one of the most interesting things about this engagement was that we also saw Camilla walk to work. And now I'm, I'm used to seeing the sight of members of the royal family pulling up in a motorcade. And there's usually a little bit of drama before they arrive. We've got police escorts and all the rest of it. This was a much more subdued visit. Of course, Clarence House being very close to the National Portrait Gallery, if you know the geography of London, and it was a very short walk that saw Camilla, of course, with protection officers, walking over herself. Uh, now, she was picked up and driven back, but I think, you know, given the good weather in London at the moment, and we are close to 100 degrees today, so I can definitely say it's good weather. It does happen here every now and then. Um, it was great to see the wife of, I would say, the world's most one of the world's most famous eco-advocates, Prince Charles, uh, shunning petrol, shunning electric power and sticking to good old-fashioned feet to get herself to her engagement. Now I'm going to take a quick break now, but afterwards I'm going to be catching up with one of the supporters of the Sussexes who has started a second initiative raising money for a very special cause to mark the Duchess of Sussex's birthday. This is a feel-good story, so stick around. Well, earlier in the show, I mentioned that we'd be stepping away from the news cycle to look at a really inspiring moment that's being driven by supporters of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Uh, you may uh, not be a stranger to some of the charity initiatives started by uh, the group of supporters. We've had uh, charity fundraisers marking Archie's first birthday, his birth, and of course celebrating the couple and the work that they do as philanthropists. And I'm joined by Danny Trin, 
from Portugal, who I think is on vacation at the moment, uh, who has been behind the launch of the hashtag inspired by Megan movement, which has been raising money for the past week now for the Pan-African charity CAMFED, uh, which focuses on revolutionising re how girls' education is delivered uh, through empowerment and education programmes. Uh, Danny, uh, as we sit right now, it's $43,000 that has been raised by uh, supporters of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Did you expect it to pick up steam so quickly? Uh, to be honest, uh, I yes. Because I've previous fundraisers and I knew that people usually donate, like as soon as I announce the initiative, I know that people are going to start donating right off the bat because people get really excited. So yeah, I was expecting to get that number as quick as it as it happened. Of course, you were the driving force behind the last fundraiser for Archie's first birthday that saw an incredible reaction um, and call to action to raise money for the charities uh, tied in with uh, various children's welfare issues. And of course, you picked CAMFED this time. We know that it's an organisation that's really close to the Duchess. Um, were you, is this something that you've done in partnership with the charity? How did it actually come about? Okay, so actually after Archie Day, I was like, I'm not doing this again. That's too much work, it's too stressful. <laughs> and then um, I got like um, an email from Team Sussex and I had like a Zoom meeting with them. And then they asked, uh, so do you have any projects for the future and I had just said that I was not doing anything but at the moment I just felt the pressure <laughs> and I was like uh, yeah maybe for Megan's birthday and I don't even know why I said that because I didn't even like I was not even thinking about it and they're like oh great then email is when like um, you have the project ready <laughs> and when the call ended I was like no, oh, no pressure uh, I was like actually I was not thinking of doing anything and then I I spoke with three people from Instagram the one that uh, was behind the Global Sussex Baby Shower and I was like, okay, so I just told Tim Sussex that I was going to do something for Megan's birthday and, and she was like, are you? I'm like, apparently I am right now. So um, uh, the scholarship fund was something that I was always thinking about like doing in honor of Megan, but I never really had like, you know, I never even thought I was capable of. And as soon as I finished the call, I was like searching like how to set up a scholarship fund and stuff. And it was like kind of complicated because you have to do with people's money and taxes and stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't I don't I don't know, like this is not for me. And then I saw that if you have a nonprofit organization, it's much easier. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can, you know, work in partnership with some charity. And CanFed was like the most logical option. So yeah, that's how we came. Well, very organic, very fluid. It's been it's been really exciting to see how quickly uh, people have responded to this. And just to give some background for listeners, uh, it, the the campaign is the hashtag inspired by Megan uh, initiative. But of course, this is uh, in to or to create scholarships for women's education in partnership with CanFed. And so this hashtag inspired by Megan scholarship will be awarded to young female students across Africa in three uh, areas of study, which is nursing, engineering, and journalism, which is really exciting. And I remember actually covering the uh, Global Sussex Baby Shower uh, a couple of years, well, you know, year and a half ago now, or, or just over. And I think you released a figure recently that the money raised from that went on to support 118 girls' 
high school tuition for a year, which is incredible. And of course, with the money raised so far, it seems to be racking up very quickly. The impact from this will be uh, incredibly strong. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's one of those things like I'm here, like I just I just created a Stan account for Megan. And now I'm like doing these kind of things. It's kind of crazy to think about like how I got here. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, Megan, like I was not into charity or even thinking about these kind of issues before. And now with Megan, like I really truly believe that education should always be prioritized. And uh, the answer is almost always education. When you think about any pressing issue in developing countries, the solution is always and improving access access to education. So uh, it's one of the things that I'm really passionate about right now. So absolutely, yeah. and uh, and of course we hear we hear Megan and Harry both uh, speaking very passionately about uh, issues surrounding gender equity and equality. And of course, we know that we can't uh, achieve equality until women have exactly the same opportunities as men. And it's the work that CAMFED are doing across Africa that sort of is really working to fix that. Now, I know that, of course, uh, it was a it was a big task for you running the initiative, uh, raising money for Archie's first birthday. Um, but it was worth it in the end. Not only was a lot of money raised, but you also heard from the Sussexes themselves uh, I believe gave you some encouragement uh, to keep at it yeah um so they called and they basically just wanted to thank you know everyone for the support and they were like encouraging me to like, keep going and uh, yeah but to be honest like the call like it's like a blur to me like when people ask me <laughs> what was that I'm like I don't remember <laughs> it's like I was just like I just kept saying yeah 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 uh, and then Harry spoke and I didn't understand anything that he was saying because you know how like when you speak two languages and like your brain is like set on a, like I was like studying at the time in Portuguese I was listening to Portuguese and then they started speaking English and British English which I like not really uh, used to and like I remember like he was speaking and I was like I don't understand anything but I'm not going to tell him to repeat so I'm just going to be like yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you yeah <laughs> and that's basically it but I just remember that they were very grateful and uh yeah and they encouraged me and actually I was thinking of deactivating my account and then when they called I was like okay let's just keep going one more one more fundraiser out of me that's incredible I think one of the things that's been very interesting about watching uh, the support build around the Sussexes um, as someone that's been covering royals for a long time I, the reaction or the work that's being done by the fans is very unique. I haven't seen these grassroots initiatives uh, sort of born so quickly. I mean, we haven't even discussed the success of the Sussex Great Forest Initiative that saw a mm -hmm. uh, hundred or so thousand trees planted around the world in the name of the couple. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think it is that has inspired fans to... Uh, sort of take some of these issues into their own hands and see what they can do in the communities surrounding them? Um, I think the Sussex Quiet is kind of like, should be like a case study. I feel like at first, everyone started just as like following Megan as like curiosity, you know, like to see how the story would like enroll. And it started very light and positive. Like I was like very excited about the royal family. I didn't know anything about the royal family. But I was like, oh, they seem nice, <laughs> whatever. And uh, as time went by, we started feeling this bad energy towards Megan. You know what I mean? Not just feeling, but we're like literally witnessing this pushback against Megan. 
And uh, I wanted to believe it was all in my head. I was like, oh no, like I'm imagining things, like nothing's happening. But then I started seeing other people on Twitter like talking about what I was seeing. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe I'm not crazy. And then it just, we just started like building this community. And I felt, we felt like very angry and frustrated, like, which is very weird because we don't know Megan from nowhere, but it just felt very protective of her. And uh, I feel like the fundraisers was our method of like trying to show them, show Megan and Harry some love and kind of like, you know, they talk so much about these kind of things and we are like their biggest supporters. So if you're not like, you know, feeling inspired by them, then who is going to be, you know, because we are like there for mm. them. So it's kind of like a moment, like a, a matter of putting your money where your mouth is, you know, like we are here supporting them. So might as well just, you know, do as they say, you know, and feel inspired by them. So it's, yeah. And we're so grateful that they felt the love. I feel like they really felt it. Yeah. From conversations I've had in the past with uh, people working with the couple, I know that they've been very aware of uh, the level of support they've had from people around the world, um, from from every walk of life, every background. I think that that's something that really encourages encourages them and drives them. Uh, this uh, Inspired by Megan initiative runs, I believe, uh, not just through Megan's birthday, but also Harry's birthday yeah. as well on the 15th of September. So you have quite some time to be raising money. Uh, I know that CamFed are very enthusiastically uh, cheering you guys along and involved in this process themselves. Uh, how? What do you think the goal is? Um, well, we didn't have a goal. We just wanted to like... You know, at first we were like, well, if we if we're able to help like ten girls, it's it's like it's positive. But we're already in like seventeen, so now we're just gonna see how you know how far we can go and see if we can exceed global success baby shower and Archie Day as well. For for people that want to get involved, um, this is clearly going to an incredible place. How do they? Uh, get their hand in this themselves you just have to go to comfed.org slash inspired by megan that's the link and you'll see like uh everything that we're doing we have like a little video there it's everything that is explained and you have a link today it's pretty easy can i ask you what's your do you have a background in charity work is this is this all very new to you and do you think that this may see you move into that space uh, in, in a professional capacity? Um, so, no, I don't have any background in charity work. Uh, I just graduated from university. And it's actually pretty funny because I was like, I'm like trying to find which di- direction I want to go. And I was like kind of researching nonprofit, you know, going to this nonprofit uh, world industry. And uh, because of what I've been doing, and uh, it's actually kind of interesting. It's kind of like one of those things that at the end of the day, you feel like you've done something good, you know, in the world. And I like that feeling. So, yeah, I think this has like been like life changing for me. So I don't regret That's... wasting my time on Twitter, standing Megan. <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least something came out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the impact on you is incredible, but also the impact that it will have on the women that this initiative is raising money for, as CAMFED estimated, and I saw in your paperwork, that the average cost per student for a complete degree program is $3,700. So 
uh, that, that to see the number rising and how many lives uh, will, will benefit from such an incredible initiative is really exciting. And for, for anyone that wants to get involved themselves, they just need to head over to camfed.org slash inspired by Megan. Danny, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Um, I hope that you manage to continue your travel safely because uh, I understand you're away at the moment. Uh, good luck with the rest of the initiative. Thank you, Omid. Well, I did say that I would address the elephant in the room. And of course, if you have not been living under a rock, you will have already seen news on the first extracts from Finding Freedom, a biography on the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, written by myself and Carolyn Durand. Uh, it's a book that's been a couple of years in the making, and I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous about sharing passages from the book for the very first time. It's been, I won't lie, an interesting week, uh, frustrating in places, but also enjoyable to hear the reaction from you guys, because that's really what matters the most. Uh, this book was written by Carolyn and I uh, for I would say the primary purpose to shed light on a side of the story that we haven't heard much of. I think we're all very used to seeing royal sources and palace sources in stories about the Duke and Duchess, but we very rarely hear from the people that are actually around the couple themselves. And as time went by during their time as working members of the royal family, it was very clear to many that those in their lives were increasingly frustrated with the treatments of the couple, particularly in certain British tabloids and there are many stories that are really corrected I would say for the first time in this book where we get to hear another side of the story. Uh, Carolyn and I spent two years speaking to over a hundred sources to bring this book together, a book that we feel really accurately depicts uh, what went on uh, during those key moments uh, during the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's time as working members of the royal family. It takes you really from the first days that they met right up until uh, those final days, uh, of course, that we saw play out here earlier this year. And the extracts themselves, they spoke for themselves. But of course, there was a lot of commentary around it. I read today that there were 170 print newspaper articles in just the space of five days around these extracts. So it'd be no surprise to hear that some of that stuff was completely off the mark and inaccurate. I've seen words taken from this book and twisted into headlines that don't exist or don't depict what actually is said in the book. So what I would say is do check out the extracts in People magazine this week. Uh, it's a lovely cover. Um, of course, it's worth me pointing out that this is a book that is unofficial, unauthorised. Carolyn and I really wanted to bring objectiveness and balance to this book. And I think having some distance from the couple while still maintaining our access as working royal correspondents, you know, we travelled with them, we were on all of their engagements, we spent a lot of time around Harry and Meghan. Um, of course, I've spent many much time around Harry even before the Duke and Duchess of Sussex were even married. And uh, having access to such uh, an incredible circle of people around the couple helped us build um, a much more accurate picture of the couple than I think that we've seen in recent times. Um, one of the things that I really hope this book does is humanise the Duchess of Sussex, because I think we have definitely seen moments or had moments, particularly in commentary here in sections of the press 
in the UK and many of the stories as well where I feel that she has really been treated like anything but. And what I hope that this book brings is a more balanced version of their story where we actually hear in some cases both sides of that story but particularly the th- the side of the couple themselves. So what I would suggest is on August the 11th, pick up the book for yourself and read the book yourself. There's been a lot of misleading commentary and headlines surrounding these extracts. And sometimes it's really hard to pull away that noise and see something for what it actually is. Um, And for that reason alone, I also want to hear from you guys, Um, not only what you think of the book when you read it, finally, I hope that we can have some really fun conversations, because there are some really fun and beautiful moments in this book. Of course, it goes without saying that the most dramatic moments are the ones that are spoken about first, but I think away from all of that is also a beautiful love story, and a story of two people that really went against all odds to create a life that worked for them and allowed them to thrive um, in a space that they weren't thriving in before. So with all of that said, and I apologise if I rambled a little bit, uh, it leaves me with uh, the thing that I really wanted to say the most, and that is thank you to everyone that has uh, sent such kind words over and supportive words. Um, I've stayed off social media for obvious reasons, for the past week, Um, but I have peeked into my DMs um, and a few mentions here and there. And it's really encouraging to see that there are many of you very excited about the book. It has also, I won't lie, been exciting to see it uh, top the charts in so many countries around the world. And, you know, that speaks to the global popularity of the Sussexes, something that we've uh, discussed many times on the show before and and why I have said in the past and I still do think that it is such a loss for the royal family uh, to have not kept them on board as working members of the royal family. There's a lot more of that in the book and we can talk about that on a later episode of the show. If you haven't already checked out details about the book, just head over to hc.com slash finding freedom. We have a lot more to talk about from this book over the weeks ahead with you guys especially. Now, just before we close up the show, I want to shoehorn in one more story. We got to see a slightly more relaxed side to the Duke of Cambridge this week when he appeared on the podcast of a very famous soccer player here in the UK. This, of course, ties in with the climax of his Heads Up initiative, which brings together his work as a mental health advocate with Heads Together and his role as president of the Football Association here in the UK. And uh, this is really one that focuses on breaking down the stigma for men, particularly soccer fans in the UK. As you know, soccer is our biggest sport here. And uh, Saturday, August the 1st, is the final, the FA Cup final, one of the biggest football tournaments of the year. Uh, has been renamed the Heads Up FA Cup final, which is a special moment in itself. And this podcast, uh, which is the That's Peter Crouch podcast, Peter Crouch, is a very famous England soccer star here in the UK, former England striker. And it's really gave a chance to hear more about William's thoughts on men and mental health, but also engage in a bit of banter. I'm going to close out the show with a clip from that. Uh, thank you again 
for listening to the AirPod. You know how to reach us if you want to say hi. Big thank you to the guys in New York for bringing this show together. Mike Dubusky, Leighton Schneider and Anthony Alley. And until next week, take care of yourselves and each other and stay safe. You must have met so many players. and Yeah, and I've met a lot of players. Um, I have to say, it was very interesting, um, some of the changing rooms, uh, meeting the teams, how different sports, different teams behave in a changing room. It's really interesting. I mean, whenever I go on an England team dressing room, it does always feel a lot more pressure, like you can feel it. I don't know what it is, but you do notice um, that guys find it a bit more difficult to, to relax. We talk about physical fitness. We all want to go to the gym, stay fit. We never really talk about mental fitness. And it's the kind of same thing that we all have mental health. Um, we all need to stay mentally fit and no more so than professional athletes who under, you know, special circumstances when you're playing for England under huge pressure, you've got to have your head, you know, razor sharp as well as your feet, your legs, you know, all that. It's an interesting area with this podcast because I think we could all say that we've all received messages from people and we do quite regularly that this podcast which we'd like to think is a bit of a laugh and, you know, we get up to some really stupid stuff and some amazing stuff and today is ridiculous but also weird and a bit stupid in some <laughs> ways as well. Like how the hell stupid, we yeah. ended up here. <laughs>